Welcome to SNC's podcast series, SNC Critical Insights. I'm Michelle Chen, a partner in our financial services group. With me today is Jun Hu, a special counsel in our general practice group. Jun's practice focuses on ESG and corporate governance matters. Today, we'll focus on five practical takeaways for financial institutions as they navigate ESG in 2024. To provide some context for our discussion, Jun, can you please start us off with an overview of the key ESG trends relevant to financial institutions in 2023? 2023 was marked by intensifying polarization of ESG at the international, federal, and state levels. At the international level, we saw the finalization of legal frameworks that will impose heightened compliance burdens on in-scope companies, including U.S. financial institutions. For example, the EU's Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or the CSRD, which entered into force in January 2023, will soon require U.S. financial institutions to provide detailed, attested corporate ESG reporting if they have EU-listed securities or if they meet certain thresholds for net turnover in the EU. In June 2023, the International Sustainability Standard Board finalized its climate and sustainability reporting standards, which have been endorsed as a global baseline by a number of international regulators, including regulators in the UK and Canada, who plan to incorporate these standards into their legal requirements. However, the CSRD and ISSB standards differ in meaningful ways. Importantly, the CSRD requires a double materiality approach while the ISSB focuses on single or financial materiality. While there have been efforts to address the interoperability of these approaches, significant debates continue regarding the compatibility, viability, and advisability of these divergent approaches, particularly when incorporated into overlapping legal requirements. At the federal level, the OCC the FDIC and the Federal Reserve finalized an interagency policy statement on principles for climate-related financial risk management in October 2023. These principles would apply to large financial institutions, defined as institutions with over $100 billion in total consolidated assets. These principles provide a high-level framework for the safe and sound management of climate-related financial risks. In addition, in September 2023, the SEC adopted revisions to the NAMES rule under the Investment Company Act. These revisions expanded the scope of funds that are required to comply with the SEC's 80% investment policy, including funds with names suggesting that the fund incorporates ESG factors in its investment decisions. Although these are important developments, federal agencies face significant political and judicial headwinds in 2023. As a result, overall, the active ESG-related rulemaking we saw in 2022 slowed down in 2023. And final action on proposed rulemaking, such as the SEC's climate rule, has been repeatedly delayed. Recent Supreme Court decisions, such as West Virginia versus EPA, and a trio of cases pending before the Supreme Court involving the funding of administrative agencies 
their operations, and most importantly, the degree of deference that courts should give to agencies when weighing challenges to regulations could further constrain the rulemaking activities of federal agencies. At the state level, as we predicted in last year's podcast, polarization of ESG continued in 2023. In fact, the divide among state-level approaches to ESG has widened over the recent months. On the one hand, Florida enacted its expansive anti-ESG law in 2023, which requires qualified public depositories, QPDs, which are banks qualified to take Florida public deposits, as well as Florida state-chartered or authorized banking organizations, among other financial institutions, to attest that they do not deny products or services to customers or discriminate on the basis of any social credit score or any factor that is not a quantitative, impartial, and risk-based standard. On the other hand, toward the end of 2023, we saw pro-ESG states ramp up their legislative efforts in order to demonstrate their climate leadership. In October, California enacted a trio of broad climate-related disclosure laws that would require thousands of public and private companies, whether or not incorporated in California, to publicly disclose scope one, two, and three greenhouse gas emissions, climate-related financial risks, and how they substantiate certain claims related to net zero, carbon neutrality, or greenhouse gas reduction. States like New York, Illinois, Oregon, and Washington have already proposed similar requirements. As 2023 has demonstrated, the growing divergence in requirements and expectations at the international, federal, and state levels create uncertainty and challenges for financial institutions. Michelle, let's unpack some of the key considerations for financial institutions as they navigate conflicting demands and expectations from regulators and other stakeholders in 2024 and prepare for what lies beyond. Thanks, June. I absolutely agree that one of the main challenges for financial institutions in 2024 is how to comply with the increasingly divergent and competing requirements in multiple jurisdictions. Therefore, the first takeaway I would highlight is to continue to closely monitor the changing ESG legal and regulatory landscape. Here are four things to consider when monitoring the rapidly evolving ESG requirements. First, start early. It is important to be up to date on legal and regulatory developments that are already in effect in relevant jurisdictions. It is equally important, if not more important, to also monitor proposed legislations, regulations, and guidance, as well as proposed standards from standard setter bodies, and engage and comment on these proposals as appropriate. Through advocacy efforts, whether in the name of the individual institution or through industry trade association participation, financial institutions can provide and have provided their practical insights to inform rulemaking efforts at the international, federal, and state levels. These efforts may, in some cases, reduce the risk of inconsistency among overlapping requirements from different jurisdictions. Second, be mindful of any extraterritorial application. Many of the ESG requirements we've seen in recent years have extraterritorial applicability, 
meaning that a jurisdiction's requirements may not be limited to a financial institution's operations in that jurisdiction. In some cases, an institution may be subject to overlapping requirements from several jurisdictions at the enterprise level. This is particularly relevant for internationally active institutions. Third, understand supervisory expectations. Increasingly, financial regulators are focused on the safe and sound management of climate-related financial risk management. As June mentioned, the U.S. federal banking regulators recently issued their interagency guidance on the subject for large financial institutions. Since the adoption of the interagency guidance, it has been reported in the news that the OCC carried out a discovery review to assess climate risk management practices at more than two dozen banks. Although the interagency guidance only applies to large financial institutions supervised by the federal banking regulators, it likely would affect the supervisory expectations of examiners with respect to smaller institutions regulated by the federal banking regulators as well. In addition to the interagency guidance, the Federal Reserve has said that it anticipated publishing insights gained from its pilot exercise on climate scenario analysis, which the Federal Reserve conducted in 2023 with the six largest U.S. banks. At the state level, the New York Department of Financial Services has also issued guidance to New York state-regulated banking and mortgage institutions, regardless of size, on the management of material financial and operational risks from climate change. For financial institutions, it is critical to understand the supervisory expectations from their regulators in addition to applicable laws and regulations. Finally, the last consideration I wanted to mention today is the need to monitor developments across a range of different ESG areas. And we'll unpack this one a little bit next, starting with the E in ESG. In recent years, environmental issues, and in particular climate issues, have been the primary ESG focal point. We expect climate-related legal and regulatory requirements to continue to evolve at the international, federal, and state level in the coming years. For example, in 2024, at the international level, we expect the CSRD and the ISSB standards to continue to shape global regulatory and market expectations around ESG reporting, even in jurisdictions that have not adopted the standards. We also expect further developments on the EU's Corporate Sustainability Due Diligence Directive, as well as the Basel Committee's proposed Pillar 3 disclosure framework for climate-related financial risks. At the federal level, we expect the SEC to finalize its climate disclosure rules in the coming months. At the state level, as June previewed, we expect continued polarization on ESG matters, particularly in light of the upcoming U.S. presidential election. Of particular note, one area of growing attention at international, federal, and state level is the voluntary carbon markets. In 2023, a number of policymakers and market participants have expressed concerns that voluntary carbon markets lack transparency and standardization, making it difficult to differentiate high-quality credits from low-quality ones. Recent efforts seeking to regulate the voluntary carbon market included, one, a public consultation on the proposed set of good practices 
for the voluntary carbon markets announced by the International Organization of Securities Commissions at COP28. Two, it proposed guidance from the CFTC regarding the listing for trading of voluntary carbon credit derivative contracts by CFTC-regulated derivatives exchanges. And three, California's Voluntary Carbon Markets Disclosure Act, which is one of the three California climate disclosure statutes June mentioned earlier. We expect further legal and regulatory efforts designed to enhance the integrity of the voluntary carbon markets in 2024 and beyond. Another area of growing focus related to the EESG is biodiversity, nature capital, and nature-related financial risks. Although relevant frameworks have only recently started to emerge, and market practices and regulatory requirements in this area are expected to take longer to develop and mature, financial institutions should start to pay close attention to developments in this area, as we expect nature capital to gain increasing stakeholder scrutiny in the coming years. In addition to these developments in the climate and environmental area, financial institutions should also look beyond the E in ESG, as we expect social and governance-related issues to become more prominent in the ESG space in 2024. June, can you please talk about some of the social and governance issues that financial institutions should watch out for in 2024? Certainly. We've seen an increasing stakeholder attention on social and governance-related issues in 2023. For example, last summer, the Supreme Court held in Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard that it's unconstitutional for colleges and universities to use race-based affirmative action programs in the admissions process. While this decision does not directly impact private corporations, financial institutions and other companies are facing an increasing challenges to their diversity programs and initiatives in the wake of this decision. Around 20 states have proposed legislation prohibiting or limiting diversity considerations in hiring, while other states continue to require diverse representation in the business to qualify for certain state benefits. At this point in the 2024 U.S. proxy season, we have seen corporate DEI issues emerge as a hot topic in engagements between companies and their shareholders. Focus on labor and human capital issues has also grown, in particular following high-profile labor strikes throughout 2023. Last November, a coalition of labor unions targeted Starbucks in the first ESG-focused universal proxy fight. Around the same time, President Biden signed a presidential memorandum outlining his administration's commitment to high labor standards, bringing workers' voices to the decision-making table and enforcing rules against unfair labor practices. Moreover, according to the SEC's regulatory agenda, the SEC is expected to release proposed rulemaking on human capital management disclosures in the coming months and to release proposed rulemaking on corporate board diversity disclosures later this year. Although the timing the agenda is not binding on the SEC, it provides insight into the SEC's regulatory rulemaking priorities. Governance, particularly director and management oversight of ESG issues, has also been one of the focus areas in ESG for 2023. 
In addition to regulatory investor scrutiny on director and officer expertise in areas such as cybersecurity and climate, there have been a number of international, federal, and state-level investigations related to financial institutions and other companies' processes for making ESG-related decisions and claims. Through proposals, private engagement, and books and records demands, shareholders are seeking greater transparency on oversight of ESG-related risks and opportunities, especially at the board level. We expect the focus on board oversight of ESG to continue in 2024, including under the Federal Banking Agency's interagency guidance on climate risk management, which outlines their expectation for boards and management of large financial institutions to oversee material climate-related financial risks. In light of these developments, it's important for financial institutions to monitor developments across a range of different ESG areas, including emerging areas of stakeholder focus, such as artificial intelligence and nature-related impacts. When you're considering how to prioritize these topics and comply with shifting requirements, it's important to make these decisions in a way that is consistent with your organization's overall ESG and business strategy. It's also important to involve appropriately senior officers, and in some cases, the board. In a recent case, the Delaware Court of Chancery held that officers owe a fiduciary duty for overseeing red flags within their area of responsibility, as well as sufficiently prominent red flags that may not fall directly inside their core areas, and that the CEO is generally responsible for overseeing red flags across the organization. Thanks, June. This is a good segue to our second takeaway. In light of the numerous potentially competing and fast-evolving legal and regulatory developments in the ESG space, it is crucial for financial institutions to adopt a coordinated approach to compliance in order to mitigate the risks of fragmented and reactive responses. For example, when addressing jurisdictional specific requirements, such as filing compliance attestations, financial institutions should consider not only whether the action complies with the specific requirements in the particular jurisdiction, but also the potential broader impacts of this action, including whether the action aligns with their overall ESG and business strategy and the potential impacts of such an action on other stakeholders. As we have seen, responses to regulators in one jurisdiction can become public and attract scrutiny from other lawmakers, regulators, and other stakeholders. Now, building from our second takeaway is our third takeaway. When assessing potential compliance risks against applicable ESG requirements, financial institutions should pay particular attention to their internal controls and underlying policies, procedures, and practices, as well as their public statements about these internal processes. One example of an area where this is relevant is banks' lending and underwriting practices. As we saw in 2023, policymakers and regulators have taken potentially competing approaches in this area with some U.S. states have blacklisted financial institutions for denying or limiting services to fossil fuel companies and other stakeholders, including the jurisdictions that sign on to the COP28 agreement, 
demanding a phase down of lending and underwriting activities to fossil fuel companies. Similarly, there has been significant regulatory focus on ESG-related claims made by companies, including about products offered by asset managers. In the last couple of years, we've seen a number of enforcement actions against financial institutions taken by the SEC's Climate and ESG Enforcement Task Force. These actions have primarily focused on the alleged failure of asset managers to establish sufficient internal controls, policies, and procedures for reviewing ESG investments, or for the alleged failure of asset managers to follow their existing internal policies and procedures involving ESG investments. As financial institutions review their ESG practices in 2024, it is critical to assess whether their written external and internal policy statements are consistent with each other and whether their practices are consistent with their policies. It will also be important to assess whether there are adequate internal controls and procedures to promote a consistent implementation of the policies across the organization. And finally, financial institutions with operations in multiple jurisdictions should think about when it might be necessary and advisable to develop region-specific policies and procedures to address legal requirements in different jurisdictions. Michelle, I agree that it's important to think about your organization's policies, practices, and procedures holistically, including when you're responding to investor feedback. This brings us to our fourth takeaway, and that is the particular importance in 2024 to carefully consider the implications of adopting new voluntary ESG commitments or adhering to existing commitments. Historically, financial institutions and other companies have adopted voluntary ESG commitments that go beyond existing legal requirements in response to investor demands. In 2024, we expect to see regulatory developments in many of the areas where shareholders have focused their demands. For example, as Michelle noted earlier, the EU is in the process of finalizing the Corporate Sustainability Due Diligence Directive. This directive would require InScope companies, including thousands of non-EU companies, to identify and prevent, mitigate, and account for negative human rights and environmental impacts in the company's operations, its subsidiaries, and their value chains. Although there has been a provisional agreement on the directive that temporarily excludes financial sector from downstream due diligence obligations, the final text of the directive has not been released. Therefore, it could be premature for a company to agree to conduct a voluntary human rights due diligence assessment as proposed by a shareholder without understanding what due diligence requirements would become mandatory. Similarly, it could be premature to agree to a shareholder demand prescribing procedures or methodologies for a scenario analysis or a transition plan before financial institutions have seen and understood the expectations of their relevant regulators. Financial institutions should not just be deliberate when considering whether to adopt or expand voluntary ESG commitments during this period of high regulatory uncertainty. They should also consider the risks and rewards of maintaining their current ESG commitments. In 2024, 
Financial institutions should pay particular attention to current goals and targets that have attracted controversy, such as diversity, equity, and inclusion targets and goals, and net zero commitments, as well as ESG-linked metrics and executive compensation. Financial institutions should carefully analyze the legal, reputational, and other risks associated with action or inaction regarding these commitments, even though they may ultimately decide that there are strong countervailing reasons to maintain these commitments. That brings us to our fifth and final takeaway, which is to continue to work towards becoming compliance ready for requirements that are expected to take effect in the near future. In many ways, we expect 2024 to be a staging year for U.S. financial institutions as we continue to prepare for pending regulation and guidance. At the U.S. federal level, this includes the closely watched SEC final climate rules. Even if some of these requirements may be challenged in courts or even eventually overturned, we expect investors and other market participants to continue to put pressure on U.S. financial institutions on their ESG practices. Enhancing current practices and related controls, policies, and procedures to become compliance-ready may involve time-consuming steps, such as obtaining assurance for GHG emissions reporting, aligning scenario analysis procedures with regulatory expectations, and upgrading data collection systems. In light of the expected compliance timeline under several key regulations, it is important to make continuous progress throughout the year so that you will be in a position to meet disclosure requirements that could begin as early as 2025 with respect to fiscal year 2024. In building compliance readiness, it is key for the teams that are looking at ESG issues to coordinate with relevant internal stakeholders, which may include members of the business, legal, compliance, financial reporting, and investor relation teams. Financial institutions should also pay close attention to the guidance or feedback from external stakeholders, such as regulators, shareholders, customers, and employees. Given the complexity and novelty of the issues involved, it will also be useful for financial institutions to seek guidance from external advisors with the relevant expertise. Thank you for listening to SNC's Critical Insights. For more information about our ESG and financial services practices and resources, please visit us at www.solcrom.com. 